Welcome to the Virtual Chapter Podcast, the show that helps you become a world-class virtual CEO, run a profitable and scalable online business, and build a thriving virtual team. We're talking the systems, strategies, and leadership skills that will help you show up, sell out, and do it all with a mountain of ease. Each week, we'll be breaking down the operation side of online business in a way that feels fun and inspiring. We'll share tech tools and tips, systems to streamline and scale, secrets to hiring and leading your high-performing team, and interviews with leading business experts to show you what it really takes to build your business online. I'm your host, Nivek Harrison, CEO of The Virtual Chapter, an award-winning virtual support agency where we help leading coaches, consultants, and creatives build businesses bigger than themselves, create a global impact with a virtual team, and generate more cash than they ever knew possible. Are you ready to up-level your online business? Let's dive in. Whether you already have a team in place or you're preparing to make your first virtual hire, this episode is for you. Today, I am taking you through my strategies, my secrets to building a micro team for success and scale. So for those of you who don't know, I run an agency of over 20 team members. We've had hundreds of applicants come through the agency in the last 18 months. We've hired additional team members for clients that I've worked with and literally back in corporate, I've hired hundreds, probably thousands of staff and I'm not a HR professional. So I am very much coming to you with the view of a manager, a leader in this space. This is how we hire for success. This is how we hire for teams that are going to grow and scale with us. So I'm talking about hiring for your micro team. So a micro team is a team of between two to five people. They are most likely contractors and they are most likely virtual or remote workers. So these are not employees. We are not talking about big businesses. We are talking about hiring your first virtual assistant, hiring an OBM, being a team of three or four. Maybe you've got some additional project-based contractors that come in around this, but for the most part, you're a micro team. And I think micro teams are incredibly powerful because they can be quite agile, quite adaptive, really receptive to feedback and changes in structure and processes. And they're really built like the foundation of a good, successful micro team for me is collaboration, is finding somebody who is bringing as much to the relationship as they are getting out of the relationship, whether that is a virtual assistant who is learning from you on the job, as well as executing tasks from you, or whether it's an OBM who's meeting you at your CEO level, who can talk strategy and structure with you, who is also getting your knowledge, your wisdom, your feedback as they develop and grow as well. I think that micro teams are 100% on the rise. Certainly the, the rise of micro businesses, online businesses has seen the rise of micro teams and they're here to stay because I know for a lot of a lot of the business owners we work with, they don't want to have a big team. They don't want 10, 20 people to manage. They want a few people who are really, really great at their jobs who are going to help them scale their business with ease. So today I'm going to break down my four steps to building a micro team for success and scale and what that looks like. So the first step is to get 
clarity on the roles you need in your team. So if you haven't already listened to episode five, jump back and listen to that one where I broke down the different types of roles in virtual support. So what a VA does, what an OBM does, what a social media manager does so that you can have some clarity on the type of role. But then from there, the next step is to actually define it further. What are the outcomes of this role in your business? So maybe the outcome for a virtual assistant is to help you show up consistently on social media. Or maybe it is to increase efficiency in your systems, in your tech. Maybe it is to improve customer service response times. (laughs) You can play with what those outcomes look like for you, but getting clear on why you're hiring. Because I think when we hire from from the mentality of a positive outcome in our business versus a stopgap of like, I'm feeling really flustered, overwhelmed, busy, so I'm just hiring someone to help me, that doesn't feel really intentional, right? It's not going to feel good bringing that energy into a brand new relationship. So what are the outcomes that you are looking for in your team? The other mistake I see here is that people, particularly those building micro teams, are looking for a unicorn, that one magical creature who can do everything. And I've even seen this written in job descriptions. I'm looking for a unicorn. Unicorns don't exist. (laughs) in any way, shape or form. Wouldn't it be funny if they did? But they don't. I think it's it's doing a disservice to your team when you are trying to find one person who can fill multiple shoes. So trying to find one person who is maybe amazing at design in Canva, who is also a fabulous copywriter, who is also fantastic with the tech is really doing a disservice. Look for the people who fill the skills that you need. And if that means that, you know, you might have two VAs or you might have a VA and a social media manager, you might have an OBM and a VA, you might have a combination of roles in your business. And I know that sometimes that can feel stretchy and that can feel overwhelming, but long-term you're going to build so much more success because everyone's going to be existing within their own zone of genius. As much as we want you to focus on your zone of genius as the CEO, we want your team to also be operating in their zone of genius. So knowing exactly what you're looking for is the first step. The second step is to then create a process before you start looking. One of the mistakes I see people make is that they will jump onto social media, probably in a bit of a panic of like, I need a VA. Does anybody know anyone? And there's no other context. (laughs) There's no process or boundaries or information to set you up for a really successful hiring process. And hiring feels overwhelming on the best of days. So having a great process in place first is going to make your life so much easier when you're trying to find that right fit person. So what the process might look like is having a really clear job spec or job description based on the clarity that we just spoke about and advertising that. So that just might be a Google doc that you share. It might be a page on your website. It might be at the start of your form, but giving that information to the people who are applying. So they know what to expect. They know how many hours you're looking for. They know the skills, the technical capabilities you're looking for, and they get to know a bit more about you as a business owner and your business. What do you do? What do you offer? Are we a values fit working together? The next step is to have an application process. And I recommend that this is usually just a pretty short form. Our application form, I think, has maybe nine questions on it, maybe 10. Um, And it's about getting to know them and getting to know their skills, their experience, but also getting to know a bit about them as a person, right? When we're talking about micro teams, 
we want to get along with the people in our team. There is nowhere to hide. When you're in a big corporate team, if you don't like one person, whatever, right? It's kind of okay. (laughs) You don't have to work with them. When there's only two, three, four of you on a team, we need to get along with these people. We need to be able to, you know, go out and have a drink with these people, celebrate with them, all of these sorts of things. So have an application process that is going to help you learn about them both personally and professionally. From the application process, have a shortlisting process. And the best place to start here is getting really, really clear on the things that you know you absolutely want and the things that you absolutely don't want. I also recommend getting somebody else to help you with the shortlisting if you can. So if you already have a team, getting your OBM involved in the process, maybe if you've got a VA who is what you are looking to replace because they're moving on for whatever reason, getting them to look over the applicants for you. If you don't have somebody in your team already, maybe it's your business coach, maybe it's your partner, but getting somebody else to bring an external set of eyes to the shortlisting process can really free you up um, and help give you another layer of feedback and input as well. From the shortlist process, I like to narrow it down to like three or four people max that you want to do an interview with. And we always do these interviews via video. Again, we're building these micro teams. We want to get to know these people. Video is going to be your best medium to do that. So hop on a Zoom call with them, ask them some questions, give them some space to ask you some questions, get to know them, get to know the things that they love, that they enjoy, the type of work that they want to do, get the information you need about their technical capabilities. What do they and don't they know? All of those sorts of things. Now, a quick note here on technical capabilities and what I'm looking for when I'm hiring because I think this is really important and this is something that I know a lot of people don't talk to is that it is so much more important to hire for values and characteristics than it is to hire for technical skills. Because at the end of the day, someone can learn how to use Canva. Someone can learn how to send an email and convert kit. Somebody can learn how to use Kajabi. You can't teach people to give a shit about your business right? You just can't. You can't teach people to care about the same things that you care about. You're looking for people who already get it. So for example, if you work in the life coaching space and your VA is like, I don't really believe in coaching as a modality. They're not a great fit for you. No matter what their technical expertise is, they are not going to be a great fit for you. So looking for people who care about you, about the work that you do over and above the skills is going to help you build a really successful team. There are some exceptions here. So if you are hiring for particularly like a technical setup type role, maybe somebody to set up your CRM, um, you are looking for technical skills in those systems, but you're still bringing in that layer of their personal characteristics into all of this. All right. Now that you've gone through, you've interviewed, you've found your person, or maybe you've narrowed it down to one or two people, I like to do a paid example project, particularly if this person is going to be doing anything forward facing in the business. So this might be an example project based on what they're going to be doing in their role. So it could be around creating or repurposing content. It could be creating graphics in Canva. It might be responding, doing customer service type responses, pay them for an hour or two of their time to do an example task so that you can get a feel for their style, their expertise, the way that they went went about the process so that you have that knowledge, that information going into hiring. If you don't find anybody, 
you do not need to settle at this point, right? Let's say you've done four interviews, you felt very met about all of them. You don't have to choose the like best fit. You get to go through the process again. And I know that can feel incredibly frustrating, but this is why having a process in place is going to help you so that you can continue to do this. But also when we settle, it's often because we haven't brought that intentionality into our hiring process at all. We're just trying to find somebody from a place of overwhelm or burnout or stress or panic. We're not looking at the bigger picture of our business and settling is never in service to the bigger picture of our business. So if you do find your right person, The next step is to take them into onboarding, which is also my third step in building a micro team for success and scale. So onboarding is so critically important and it's a step that we often forget or don't think about, don't give time and attention to. We sort of think the the hard part is hiring and it can be. The hard part is finding and hiring your person, but your onboarding process deserves at least the same amount of time and attention Because the way that somebody is onboarded really sets up the rest of your relationship working together. And we also know that teams who have consistent onboarding processes or any onboarding processes at all are at least 54% more efficient than those that don't, which is wild, right? Like 50% more efficient. That's a huge shift in a small business. So onboarding is really about what are the what are the initial steps somebody's going to take within your business? Now, there's some official steps that you'll want to take around things like contracts and invoices. And yes, you should always every single time have a contract with a service provider. But then the next step of onboarding is really about what information you need to share with your new team member. So we do this through Asana for the most part. We have an Asana template that we duplicate for all of our new hires that goes through the critical information they need to get started. So it includes some of the key information about the business, who we are, what we do, our mission, our values, our diversity and inclusion statements. It includes an org chart so they can see who's in the team, how does everyone in the team fit together. It includes some of our expectations around how we communicate, what platforms, when, what do we want to know. And it includes the more practical tech tools work-specific training that we need to give our team members. So I highly recommend planning for this before you bring your person on board, or at least while you're going through the hiring process, starting to collate all of that information that you're going to need to give that person when they start with you. It's going to make your first week together feel less overwhelming. It's going to really set them up for success in your team. And get to know the way that you like to work, the things that matter most to you, what your goals are, what your vision is, and where they need to focus their energy. All right. The final step in building your micro team is looking at your ongoing team management. And this is often the thing that we really forget about because we sort of, we put the effort into finding the person, we get them started, and then we just sort of let things continue. We let them go. But checking in with our team, continuing to be actively involved in the management of our team is really important. The only time that I would say there's an exception is if you have an OBM who's doing this step for you, in which case your role is to manage your OBM, your OBM's role is to manage the team. So what this looks like is might be choosing your communication platforms. How frequently do you like to communicate? Do you do a Monday check-in with your team or a Friday wrap-up with your team? Do you celebrate with them? I think there's nothing worse than working on someone's team and hearing about a business achievement on social media. 
before they've told you. So make sure you're treating your team like really valuable people around you who have helped you reach these milestones, achieve these goals, and you're sharing with them. It might be 15 minutes before you share it publicly, but it can make a really big difference in the way somebody feels valued within our team. So celebrate with them. Tell them what they've done really, really well. Tell them how they communicate, you know, how they contributed to the outcomes. And then it's also really important to address the things that maybe aren't working so well, to let them know when you're feeling like communication could be better, or if you're disappointed or Just whatever's going on, the worst thing we can do is bottle it all up and not address it and it snowballs and then we find ourselves in a position where we've had a team member for longer than we would have liked and it's not working out or instead of addressing the issue and fixing it, we're now, you know, six, 12 months, years down the road and things have gotten worse, gotten harder to undo, haven't improved, there's resentment building, all of those sorts of things. So At the heart of every good relationship is always going to be communication. And this is especially true with your team. So for this reason, one of the tools we absolutely love is Slack. It allows us to communicate in in multiple different ways. We can write text messages. We can share voice notes. We can share video notes. The voice uh, voice notes are automatically transcribed for us. So there's no, like we we can meet people where they're at. We can communicate in the ways that people feel good. They can control their notifications and what times of day they respond. But having those conversations about, well, when are you going to be online? What might this look like? What's the turnaround time? When can I expect a response from you? All of those things are really, really important. And continuing to bring them on the journey at every step of the way. So where you might have shared your goals with them in the onboarding process continuing to share that with them. Every time you do a quarterly planning session or in preparation for a launch, let your team know, what are you aiming for? What do you want to get out of this? What what does the vision look like? What's shifting? What's changing? What ideas have you had? Especially where it's relevant to to their role and what they need to do. It can be hard to remember to do this when it doesn't feel relevant to them, but it's still such a crucial step in building a relationship that is reciprocal, a team that is engaged, a team that is collaborative, a team that is looking out for each other and having team members who really deeply care about your business. That care comes from feeling valued, feeling like they are part of the team. All right. If you are building your micro team, whether you're bringing in your first team member or just looking to maybe tighten up the processes you already have in place, I so hope you found this episode really valuable. I think there is so much opportunity to to leverage the advantages that a, that a micro team offers. And I think with a little bit of planning, it becomes so much easier to to bring that team with you as you grow and scale and have it be a really easeful part of the process and not something that feels overwhelming or stressful. If you've loved this episode, please make sure you subscribe, follow along and leave us a review. It helps us get in front of more entrepreneurs just like you who are building and scaling their own six and seven figure businesses. So I am so grateful to have had you here and I'll see you next time. Yeah.